0: Welcome to The Barbell Strikes Back. I'm your host, James McDermott, and joining me today is our good friend, Jason Ackerman. Many of you who follow the show know that he was on episode four all the way back in April. It seems like forever ago. And if you haven't heard that episode, head on back, get caught up. Jay, how are you doing?
1: I'm great. Am I the first returning guest?
0: Uh, No, no. Uh, The first returning guest is uh, Frank Ford.
1: Well, I'm the second. But episode four, especially considering the title of the show, that's really the first episode, isn't it?
0: Yeah, that is. That's the first episode in in the saga, in the series, you know?
1: Yeah, Roz is watching Star Wars for the first time. And she's like, where do I start? I was like, you got to start with episode four. You have to watch it the way George Lucas intended it. And now she just got to episode one. And she's like, this isn't as good. I was like, well, give it time. Yeah, give it, give, time. It, give it
0: time. I will actually give it, give it a couple more episodes and you'll appreciate those prequels a little bit more. Exactly. Which um, there's talk that they're going to decanonize the newest trilogy. Did Wait, you are you
1: see, I did not hear. I mean, I love Star Wars and I can geek out about it, but how can they? Well, you, you probably have to explain what that means to your listeners. Like, canon means it's part of the true story
0: yeah canon Canon means it came from the original creator, so so essentially, all right, if you were to film an episode of the Barbell Strikes Back and I wasn't here, it's not Canon.
1: unless you approve it
0: unless I improved it, you know I'm like, all right, I, I like the questions that were asked, I like the tone of the show. If you're playing like symphonies in the background and it's just uh, all kinds and you're talking about you know, I don't know just dogs the whole time, I may not approve that. it's not canon. In the bar so they're considering
1: time. taking out episodes seven eight and nine
0: yep yep what they're gonna say is that they are now quote unquote like legends elsewhere stories that happen outside of the main timeline because they were so poorly done and because people hated them so much
1: wait seven eight nine or one two and three
0: no no uh, seven eight and nine the newest ones the Force awakens wow. uh, the last Jedi and uh, rise of Skywalker
1: that's that'd be so crazy if they got i mean i know this is not uh but i guess that makes a little bit of sense considering disney bought in and now they probably want to be able to take it in all sorts of directions i want that money back though for well yeah it's
0: it's well the reason they're in this this tough spot is because they they ruined it like they, they 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 didn't do a good job you know i don't know if you saw the last one but like it was they just did a very poor job of adapting this and growing characters and or ruining characters when they messed up luke skywalker in the last jedi that was like everyone threw their hands up and was like yeah. i was in the movies on the day it came out joanna had fallen asleep and i was sitting there watching it in like disbelief like one thing kept happening after another and you start thinking oh okay all right and you're like trying to give it the benefit of the doubt. And then finally, you're just in the, in, sitting in your seat and you're like, I, I'm done. I, I don't know what's happening right now or what I'm watching.
1: You know, it's, it's challenging. Just like your podcast, you have such diehard fans. That so you have to do You have to do everything perfectly. Inevitably, someone's going to be not, you know, they're going to be like, I can't believe you had Jay back on. Like, what a terrible episode. Get rid of it.
0: Exactly. Had Jay back on. Or you know uh, we're talking about you know like we're hating on the new trilogy you know, like everyone's ever it's just like, it's just like life everyone's just always split on things it's a it's a crazy time it's a crazy world
1: well it's one thing I learned in box ownership and we probably talked about it a little bit but you can't make everybody happy
0: no nope you can't but you can try though right is that something you tried to do with box ownership
1: I think I think at first I tried and then you you start to realize. Not that there's no sense in trying, but you just have to do things, but for the right reasons and, you know, with the right intentions behind it. And hopefully if you do those with that belief system and thought process behind it, you'll make most people happy, but there always is going to be someone that is, you can make the best decision in the world but why'd you do that?
0: Yeah. And if they might be the people that are closest to you sometimes too, you know, yeah. you, you oh. never know when it's going to come.
1: I'll give you a great example. You have a full schedule and then you're like, all right, no one, literally no one has showed up to this class for three weeks. We're taking it off. And then someone will be like, I can't believe you took that off. Like you never, you literally never came to it. I was going to, like, I was going to come, I was going to start next week. And you're like, no, we're canceling it. <laughs> for
0: for the last year you were it's yeah. been on your calendar.
1: Yeah. We always have, you. Know, like that's the type of people that are unhappy with your decisions.
0: Well, you know, it, it, brings up an interesting subject it's it's change you know people don't really like change and everyone reacts to it differently do you think it is a, a certain type of person that is like the person you just described where you know like they never go to it but the fact that a change is being made they react to it in such a way you know like do you think it's just a, is that everybody or is it just a very specific type of person and when I say type of person, there's like, you know, there's type A's, type B's, you're high strung, you're relaxed, you're, you know, you're this, or that.
1: I think we all have things in life that we are fearful of change in. It's different for everyone, but there are very specific people who just like to complain. And like you said, change is an easy thing to complain about because it's black and white. It's different than it used to be. Oh, we're not you know, we're changing our programming, we're changing our class times, we're changing who the coach is. Well, it's an easy complaint, because I can argue that I used to like this, or I didn't like it. Now I do. But I can tell you the people that were never happy were always the same people. You know, it, was, it might not have been a 100% of the time, this person wasn't happy. But I can tell you the click or the group of seven, that would typically be the ones that would complain and you know who they are, we don't have to mention that this is years ago now
0: <laughs> yeah this is it's 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 uh it's written in the pages of best hour of their day well it's um it, you know speaking of change how are you doing with the change in crossfit that's going on right now there's a, a new ceo uh, you have a new boss because you are on the seminar staff how's that going
1: well tentatively i'm actually supposed to meet with him tomorrow i'll, on I'll let you know if I, I don't know if it's one-on-one. I, w- I got an invite to his house. He and I have been exchanging a few emails. There may or may... I don't know if anybody else will be there. I don't think it's like a, you know, a advisory board. I think if there's anybody else, it's going to be like, you know, his kids or his cousin. I don't know who else will be there. And I don't... I'm supposed to. The guy's super busy. I'm, I'm fairly certain at some point between now and 10 a.m. tomorrow, I'm going to get an email that says, hey, I can't make it. But... I'm excited to meet him. Like you said, it is a new boss. It was, it was a crazy period of time, like right around early June, which, you know, began with that text and then ultimately, I'm sorry, not text, tweet. And then ultimately, you know, like Ron Burgundy says, like that escalated quickly. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it it was a very surprising time. It's, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm in the middle on it. You know, Coach Glassman changed my life and I wouldn't be here talking to you i wouldn't have accomplished a lot of what i have accomplished in life without him what he did yeah it wasn't cool you know it was you know whether it was the the tweet whether it was the accusations on how he behaved etc um but i you know for me it's really hard to separate the the person that helped change my life and, the, and maybe who he is on a deeper level but yeah, yeah so it was a, it was a, it was a tough time I'm excited for Eric to be the boss. He's got some great things. I'm excited to, I mean, he lives down the road from me, you know, down the road, you know, 15 minutes away. Uh, So I'm excited for that. And I'm just look, I think for CrossFit to really continue to grow and to really change the world. Like I think it can, we needed a different CEO. Coach Glassman got us to where we are. He's a charismatic leader. He can get you riled up. He can get you to run through a wall. But he wasn't the person that's going to take this and get my grandma or, you know, your really sick friends and family members to realize, hey, I need to do something.
0: Yeah, kind of like maybe a a box owner who's gotten complacent and they're just kind of, you know, going with the flow or they don't even come into the box and the coaches just kind of run everything, you know. So kind of along those lines, he's just like checked out, you know, like he's involved in some things, but maybe not as hands on as he should be. As a CEO.
1: Yeah. You know, the box owner, like, you know, and I was probably there at times too. It's like, Hey, the box is going well. So I'm going to pursue seminar staff. Cool. Like you're still in this world and you're still kind of helping the box, but you're doing your own thing. It's your own agenda. And I think that's really where people, you know, lost, where coach Glassman lost touch and where, where people kind of felt the disconnect, like, Hey, you're attacking big soda and you're making some real changes on a really Strong and governmental level, but what does that mean for me as an affiliate? Like, we, why aren't you going to tell us that the games are changing, or, you know, why aren't you going to tell us that the website's going to change? Like, we still want to have a connection to this thing that we fell in love with.
0: Yeah. Do you, um you know, after all that's happened, you know, like I, I know, like the thing back in the day was, you know, like that's coach. You know, like if you just said in the CrossFit community, coach quotations everyone knows you're talking about Greg Glassman. Do you, do you still kind of think of him as coach or have you kind of lost, you know, re- respect in a certain way and, and view him a little differently?
1: I view him a little differently. I think that was the hardest part. You know, it's someone I've really admired, looked up to and, and changed my life. And for many years of my life modeled myself after. And I still will always refer to him as coach Glassman. Like, you know, Yes, what he did was bad, but he's still the, the, the founder and creator of CrossFit. He still deserves the title of Coach Glassman. Um, but, yeah, it, it, it was tough to, to look at someone who you did admire so much and, like I said, modeled myself after to the point where when he sent that email to Alyssa from Rocket CrossFit, you know, I, I don't think you and I have spoken about it, but I, I remember reading the email and I was like, Hell yeah, like that was the right response. Good job, Coach Glassman. And, and then Ro, you know, Roz was like, no, you can't talk to people like that, Roz my wife. And that was a really big like, oh, like light bulb moment. Cause I was, I modeled myself after him for so many years at the box. Like who was the, kind of what we're talking about. Like the people that you wouldn't make happy. I would be like, screw you then. Like, this is my thing. You can go elsewhere.
0: Yeah, you are Albany CrossFit or you are CrossFit SoulShine. There is, you know, it stops yeah. with you.
1: And, you know, so finally seeing that and saying, okay, maybe she's right. Like just because you created this and just because you're getting feedback that was maybe unsolicited and maybe even a little self-serving doesn't mean you talk to someone like they're, you know, less than you.
0: What, um, how would you have... Re- reacted and responded if you had sent Greg Glassman a similar email and he responded to you the way he did to um, uh, Alyssa. Which, Alyssa. Yeah, Alyssa.
1: It, it's tough because, you know, and I interviewed her for my podcast and she didn't really give me a straight answer, but it's like, depend, you know, that, that his response is, and her answer was, it doesn't matter you never talk to someone like that. And I, I agree with that and I get it, but you have to realize there's a very different response from me when it's like, Oh, this is James. And we talk about this all the time or somebody else that I don't know, sends me this 13 page email about what I could be doing better.
0: Who's a customer.
1: Right. So.
0: I was just trying to put myself in her shoes. Like, if I got that email back, like what would she I was think? Shocked. She, yeah. She like shocked, she was shocked, terrified.
1: Yeah. And I think she's, she was shocked, but she kind of like shrugged and laughed it off. But I would, I would like to think I would never have gotten that email back in response because I would either know my audience like, okay, he's unreceptive to this or the way I would have positioned, it would have been a whole lot different. But yeah. it, it's tough. I think a lot of, for those that have never owned a business, and for those that have never started something, you know you take things very personally. And I'm sure part of it was he was just very defensive. And I don't think you respond that way if you don't realize you're a little bit wrong, also.
0: Yeah, uh, and it, maybe it's it's you know you're you haven't really been involved too much, and then you just have that knee jerk reaction of biting someone's head off. But it's like you're not even there, so it's like why are you reacting this way? You know, really it's maybe work with your team to try to get a better result. And then you can still go back to your house, you know, and just chill out on the beach and, and do stuff. You know, I feel like that would be a no brainer, you know, but do you think there's any way he can return to the community? Not that he would want to, but you know, that's one of the big things that's always drawn me to CrossFit and many people is that word community. There's a place for everyone here. Everyone's welcomed. Of course, in a community, in a family people are going to make mistakes. I mean, I've, I have family members I haven't talked to in several years. Like, like we all have those people, but it's like, it is, is he gone forever? And should he be gone forever? And if he wanted to come back in, let's say a year or two, uh, I don't know, to open a box or just to be involved in some way, uh, do you think it would be acceptable and people would welcome him back at all?
1: I do. I think, I think in our lifetime, he'll be welcomed back if he chose to, you know, it's probably two years, three years, you know, down the road, but like you said, whether it's, we, we, you know, I have a mutual friend, Caleb, who I didn't speak to for five years. And, you know, other. I'm trying to think of other scenarios. You you see it out there, whether it's, you know, a football, like look at Tyson, Tyson went to jail for rape. And when he came back and fought Peter McNeely, this is probably like 1994 or five, it was one of the biggest selling pay-per-views ever, you know, like people got over it. Not, and that that was a far worse thing. Well, you know, who knows exactly there's accusations out there, but then, than what we know of happened. So I, I, I do think he'll be welcome back one day. It'll be, you know, it'll be different. He's probably never going to be the owner or CEO again, but yeah, I think one day uh, Eric Rosa, the CEO might say, Hey, and, and, and let me introduce the founder of CrossFit, Coach Glassman, to give a speech or who knows what yeah, it will be. I, I
0: think I, – because I think there's a healthy amount of people who would like to see that, you know, like m- myself included. I feel that if in, let's say, you know, two, three years, if he's unable to come back, he atones for everything. Who knows? Maybe he travels to rock at CrossFit, sits down with Alyssa, says, you know what? I was just in a really bad place in my life. You know, I, I know it, it looks good being the CEO of a company and being a billionaire or whatever it is, but, you know, I was just in a bad place. I'm better now. I never should have treated you like that. I'm sorry. And, you know, makes more of like a public statement. Like I kept hoping during the whole thing, he was going to pop on like a, like a, like an Instagram live, just like face-to-face film and just be like, look guys, I know I messed up. Just really humble, really honest. You know, I knew it wasn't coming, but I kept... I kept hoping for that, like for him to speak instead of type because he's a great speaker. Um, but if he is unable to do that, then I think uh, it kind of exposes the community uh, at large. And it's like, can you really call this a community when you can't welcome someone back and someone can't atone for what they've done and still contribute? Because he would still be a valuable resource in the future for everything that we're trying to do collectively.
1: And who knows, maybe he takes his $75, 100000000 million, whatever he sold the company for, and is never heard from again.
0: That's, that's also true. He's, he's like Bruce Banner on the highway, hitchhiking, <laughs> waiting for a car to stop. He's got his sack full of money. Is that how much CrossFit sold for? Do you know?
1: I don't, I don't have a, a specific dollar amount. Those are just rumors I heard floating out there. But Or who knows, he comes back and wins the Masters of 60 plus one day.
0: Holy cow. That would be Jay, You sh- you should reach out to him right now and be like, "I will train you." I will train <laughs> like, you. And, yeah, I'll train
1: you.
0: <laughs> I'll use your own methodology for, on you and and train him to be the CrossFit Games champ. That would That be would incredible. be like
1: a movie right there.
0: That that would be. That would be. Who who would play Greg Glassman in that movie? Not the movie where it ends like we're at now. I'm talking about the comeback story. After this, where he wins the CrossFit Games, I mean, he was an athlete back in the day. He still probably yeah. has that competitor's, you know, spirit.
1: I'm thinking like a Mickey Rourke or a Nick Nolte, like a little disheveled, but can still look put together when need be.
0: I, I could see a Nick Nolte, uh, although he's getting so old. Yeah, he he's a little. In, um, he's
1: probably too old now.
0: He was in that really Gerard Nolte. Butler movie a little while ago. It was like Olympus Falling, but it was the third one. And he was super old. like He aged hard between the last movie I saw him in, which was uh, Tropic Thunder.
1: Yeah, I, you know, I'm, I'm really, I'm down a Marvel uh, rabbit hole right now. So I can see also um, Kurt Russell.
0: That'd be all. Oh, that would be an interesting choice for Greg Glassman.
1: Right, because Ego from Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. I could see like you could probably get him a little, like, like I said, like messy looking, but then when he wants to, and he combs his hair back and he trims his beard, he looks put together.
0: I, I could see that. And you know, he could play himself in the younger scenes as a young gymnast, you know, because yeah. uh, although if you noticed Kurt Russell doesn't age, he's looked exactly like that since the exactly. 80s. It's kinda, That's, I want to, I want to know, we were talking about diet before this. I want to know what he eats. Like, what do you do? How are you just un, unaging? Or immortal, probably.
1: I think it's probably a, a lot of money being spent on plastic surgery.
0: Do you think so? You think Kurt Russell's had plastic surgery?
1: I would, I would guess most of the... I don't know, I don't know why I felt Hollywood. a little
0: defensive about that just now. You did take that personally. I don't know what skin I have in this game, but I was like, I was like this beautiful man has never had plastic surgery.
1: And, and a lot of makeup in Hollywood, you know, in the movies. Like, that's True. him on screen. Versus who knows what he looks
0: like out of bed. True. Yeah, you, you always see like those paparazzi photos, and and you're not used to seeing the stars that
1: way. Exactly.
0: Would you Would you appreciate having paparazzi tra- uh, travel around and follow you everywhere you went and catching your every moment? Probably like, oh, there's, not. There's Jay Snackerman. He's the, the author of Best Hour of Their Day and a Level Four <laughs> CrossFit coach. Snap, snap. Um, as you're eating like pizza and other bad things.
1: I think it was during, um, the last dance. I was watching the last dance documentary with Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls that it really dawned on me. Like how stressful that paparazzi, like you don't think about it as a kid. You're just like watching Jordan or watching, you know, your favorite team. And then you realize, wait, like it's non, like he couldn't even drive anywhere. So I
0: can't imagine that. I haven't seen that, that documentary yet.
1: It's great, um, you know, not that I'm anywhere near that level, but I'm kind of at a perfect level at at CrossFit events, I should say, where like I can go to Wadapalooza and probably five to ten people over the course of a day come up to me and very briefly like, hey, you did my level one. It's like enough to make you feel special, like accomplished and like you impacted their life, but not enough that it's bothersome, where I yeah. see some of my friends that are like high level and... It's like every turn they make, they're getting somebody asking to take a picture.
0: Do you like? I imagine like you're maybe walking with with, with Raz, and someone does that. Do you ever like turn to her and go,
1: "Ah, see, yeah, kind of important." <laughs> no, because that 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 defeats the purpose of it. Okay. I want to okay. do that. I say like I want to do it. Like internally, I'm like you are so lucky to be married to me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but if you say that, Roz would not handle that well. She would roll her eyes and tell me I'm stupid.
0: Yeah, that, that's what Joanna does. Like we'll be in like, like, like the mall or some grocery store and just someone that I did an on-ramp with waves and goes, oh, hey, Jason. Like they don't even know my name, you know, but they recognize me because <laughs> <laughs> we have so many Jasons. And I'm like, "Ah, oh, see, I got recognized out here in the public.
1: It feels good, right? Like it feels like it feels good to have that like recognition, but I think if it was all the time, you know, you hear like I watch a lot of podcasts like you and comedians and like the Joe Rogans, where it's like they have that level of fame where they can they're recognized, they're making a lot of money, but they can go grocery shopping. Right. Where like Jordan was at the point that he couldn't even go grocery shopping anymore. Like that's that's no longer fun.
0: Yeah. When you're like global famous that's that's way too much.
1: Yeah, and, you can't even people, escape to another country.
0: Yeah. People you go anywhere in the world. You're in the Himalayas and they're like, Are you are you Michael Jordan? And yeah. And they're 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 playing you know, they got your poster up in the hut. No, it's um I think especially
1: it's, when you, you think about like you have to be ready to do your job too. Like true. that's more so like it's not just like when you're at the grocery store like he has to think about this preparing for his game and all you know everything
0: is um i heard that there was like a lot of drama on that that series that he did with like behind the scenes thing do you ever think that there'll be a a type of doc like that for crossfit where it's like uh or, or is crossfit just a friendlier sport you know where everyone's just ultra supportive even even on the team side like i want to see the doc where it's like where you know they show you where fronings just berating his team for losing those couple reps on event one, you know, or just, I want to see that stuff. I want to see the drama in CrossFit. I'm
1: I'm sure that you could find it like not necessarily now, but if somebody was like, I really want to create this documentary, you can't tell me that these teams don't fight, but I think there's a difference where it's like, these are four people basically volunteering for the chance of winning $10,000 versus like this game is millions of dollars in our pocket and sponsorship and you know so the like anything the 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 more at risk the more stressful the situation
0: yeah true and and there's legacies on the line which i mean there kind of is at the games and stuff like that but like not still jordan level legacies where it's like i'm i'm going down or i'm trying to be the greatest of all time or i already am and you cost me this championship
1: Right, and, and there's a difference between, I don't know how many people are on an NBA team, but I think it's like 16 or so, where he may really not even know two or to five of the people on the team, where if you're competing with four people, you need to be tight. Yeah. You know, they were there. To me, what was surprising often in the documentary, he'd say, there was one moment where he got into a, a fist fight with Steve Kerr, who was also on his team. And he's like, yeah, I had to get his number. And I'm like, wow, you didn't have his number? And I know it was back in the day before texting and everything but it was still surprising. Like any team that I've been on, it's like, we all know each other. We're all best friends where you realize at that level, it's like, I like some of these people, but really you need to just do your job so I can win.
0: Yeah. It's like, uh, you're all wearing jerseys, but really those are business suits and you have your briefcase and every game is like a executive board meeting and it has to be done in a certain way. So I'll have to check that out. Was it on Netflix?
1: It was originally on the ESPN app. I don't know if it's on Netflix now. I think it is moving there. i I can still hear you. I just have to step away. But I'm still okay. here.
0: No, I'll have to check that out. I'm I'm not a big basketball person, you know, or know a whole lot about the sport, but I feel like that would be a good way to kind of get into it if I yeah, was that, going to.
1: What what was so great about that too, it's just really was like the the zeitgeist of, of the time. And and especially for me, it was like Clearly at five foot three, I'd never had any delusions of playing basketball, but everybody watched the Chicago Bulls.
0: Definitely. And I mean when when I'm remembering all that, I just remember Space Jam.
1: Yeah, see so you were because you're a little younger. So you you probably were like into the that component of what Jordan did where I was a little bit older and could appreciate, you know, watching the playoffs and watching the championship series. I remember watching the the three p with rodman with my father you know it was like glued to the television at that time
0: yeah definitely i just remember bugs bunny the Monstars, the whole thing they're gonna make another one you know
1: i have heard that i think they mentioned it on this yeah
0: i think with uh with with lebron i think he might be the taking the jordan spot
1: hey so. i mean it shows how how huge he was you know he was in a huge movie like that
0: oh yeah well, now, how are things going with the, uh, the audiobook? So you, you dropped an audiobook not too long ago. It's the audio version of your best hour of their day book, which can be picked up either in print or ebook and now listened to.
1: Yeah, it's all on Amazon, you know, how they do it. Um, I didn't tell you this, actually. First of all, it's going really well, you know, uh, and we've been putting out one episode every week of our conversation. So for those that don't know, We had a narrator, Josh, from Albany CrossFit. He read the book.
0: Who's going to be on the podcast tomorrow.
1: Oh, is he? Okay. So you'll get used to his voice. He read the book. And then in between every chapter, James interviewed me, you know, and it became very conversational about the chapter. And I loved it because it was during quarantine. So it was something I looked forward to every day. And it reminded me of many stories I had forgotten. Um, So it was really cool. And recently probably two weeks ago this woman reaches out to me she's like i bought your audiobook best hour of their day i've never done crossfit can you recommend a box to me in atlanta
0: that's amazing
1: and i was like so i wrote back to her i was like why'd you buy my book (laughs) (laughs) and you know and i said some other things but i was like this makes no sense and she was like she said One, I always look for books that are going to motivate me in something I'm trying to do. And I'm trying to get healthier. And two, they have to be really long because I commute a lot. So I want it to be valuable. And so we hit both of those check marks, but because with our interviews, I think it was about 30 something hours.
0: Yeah. We, we broke that website that they used to (laughs) upload it to audible or whatever it is.
1: But it was really cool to see that, you know, that, and, and I recommended a box for her in Atlanta. And it, it's, it's cool that she, you know, because we put that book out there, even if she's the only person we've impacted, you know, somebody really had their life improved because of it.
0: And you just need one, you know, like you, you spent all these hours writing the book. I edited it. Other people edited it. You know, you, you get it in post-production. You publish it. Josh has to read it, you know, to make it a nice, sounding audiobook we did all those interviews over 30 hours and if it only helps one person it was kind of all worth it right you change one life you change the world i I believe that's a quote right
1: something like that but yeah it was just it was really fascinating that she did it and now what will be
0: interesting is in she contacts you in a year hey i got my level one then she gets her level three then she opens up a box and now people are getting married at her box and having babies and people are changing their lives that's that's the beauty of of crossfit that's like what it's what it's all about it's uh the the wad is just one component right but if you can do something for someone else and they pay it forward and you you have this chain reaction of people making positive change in their life what could be better
1: that's yeah that's that's why we do it and you know going back to what we were talking about earlier that was when all this was going down with Coach Glassman, that was something that I was really trying to remind people of like, hey, CrossFit is not just this one person. You know, it's, it's all of these things. It's, you know, probably 80% of people at Boxes don't even know who Coach Glassman is. You know, no. but they know who James is. They know who Murph is. They know who, you know, their friends at the Box are. I mean, I was talking to somebody about an on-ramp recently and I remember coaching the one in October of like 2013 where it was like Laura and JJ and Tristan and Christine and I think Renee was in it and it was like you know
0: that was a classic on-ramp
1: right there yeah that was was one of our first ones and it was like those people are still friendly all these years later that's what I mean this is like seven years ago and I can rattle off five of them and I coached dozens of those on-ramps and that's what CrossFit is.
0: Yeah, it makes me wonder. You know, like I said, I'll be in the grocery store, and someone will wave to me that you know I vaguely remember from a thirty-person on ramp, and I wonder how many times they see other people from gyms or their on ramps, like, oh hey you, and they say hello to someone they never would have said hello to, and maybe that person was in need of something, and you help them, or you even just have a nice conversation for the day. How about that? Like, like some people don't even have like conversations with strangers often, like you and I do it all the time. It's part of the job, but like uh, people don't communicate, you know, out in daily life, especially now, of course, but like even more so before everyone's on their phone, right, everyone's eyes down. But now you see someone wearing a CrossFit shirt or you see someone that you remember from a gym, from one class, you're like, hey, oh, hey, how are you?
1: I was at the park, so where we live now in a new house, there's amenities, but they're closed because of COVID. So I've been, I have a few things in the garage, but I don't have a pull-up bar right now, but the playground down the road has pull-up bars. They're low, but the, for me, they're fine. Yeah, um, they're fine. But this family was walking by and they go in and this guy has a CrossFit shirt on and he's looking at me. And, you know, we kind of mutually understood that we both knew that we were doing, that we knew CrossFit. And we just started talking after that for probably an hour at the playground while his kids were playing. And, you know that's what it is. It's community. It's it's creating that connection with people who you you have that shared identity with. And there's not many you could recognize somebody in the mall, say, or at the movies or at a restaurant that clearly works out, but it's meaningless if it's not CrossFit. Like I don't walk up to other people like, oh you do bench press, I do bench press, you do curls, I do curls. Like, but we understand when it's CrossFit.
0: Yeah. Do Do you find yourself compelled if you see someone wearing a CrossFit shirt, and you're like, just like you're the only two it like in Wal like you're in Walmart, like are you going to say something nine nine times out of ten?
1: I don't know if I'll say something, but it, I'll often check kind of what I'm wearing, and if it's clear that I do CrossFit, I'll give them like a nod or a, you know, like we acknowledge that we both know we do this thing. Yep.
0: Yeah. That yeah. That because that would be awkward and weird to not, right? You know, it's, it's almost like there's like that unwritten rule, like if you're driving a, a Jeep Liberty or something and right. you drive by someone else driving Jeep Liberty, you honk or you wave.
1: I think it, at, at one point, especially with Nanos, with Reebok Nanos, it was always obvious, but I've met a lot of people that wear Nanos that don't do CrossFit now or yeah. Metcons or the Nike Metcons.
0: Yeah, you might be you know, running so, into someone that does F45 or something like yeah. that.
1: Yeah, the gear has kind of transcended the different methodologies, but when someone's wearing a shirt or very clearly a CrossFitter, yeah, you always give them the nod or the wave.
0: Would would you accept I- impromptu challenges of fitness? But like 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 uh, you it's almost like you know like when two male lions you know run into one another, they're gonna tussle a little bit. You're you're in Dick's Sporting Goods, <laughs> you're in the workout area, and another guy walks in. You lock eyes. You're both wearing CrossFit shirts. Are you guys going 50 burpees for time, toe to toe? Like, do you think that'd be something interesting uh, for the community to do?
1: I think so. I think there could be like those challenge coins. Yeah. You know, you have to, you have to show it or you have to do 50 burpees. I think, I think that would be fun. You know, maybe depending on the, the time and place, if I'm walking around in a suit for some reason, which doesn't happen often. But if no, you has got to be like gear.
0: yeah. You're like wearing a CrossFit shirt. It's it's super clear. You're both CrossFitters. You lock eyes, and that nod goes beyond. All right, who's who's going to draw first?
1: <laughs> it's like it's like we just watched Hamilton. It's like a duel.
0: Yeah, ex- exactly. I feel like that would add an extra stress to your CrossFit life. <laughs> I'm like yeah. If you're <laughs> just is... always
1: wandering around, like I hope I don't see it hiding from other people wearing that. That, uh... that
0: would be something cool. At like um coaches could do okay it's like maybe not everybody but if you're at a box or like it's l1 staff if you if you catch your coach out in the world and they're wearing the gym's crossfit shirt you can challenge them to like a like a duel, like 20 burpees for time right now let's go you know or something like that
1: that's fair 20 burpees is a good a good level it's like it'll get you out of breath but it's not going to leave you sweaty for two hours
0: it's it's less than a minute you know you're you're over with quick
1: Exactly, exactly then, I like
0: it. I mean for me, I just never leave the house so they'll be like, "Damn it I haven't caught James yet It's like <laughs> no, I, just, I, just, I just don't go outside
1: you're like the McDonald's uh, monopoly piece you're like boardwalk yep. like you can't find it, you never get it you're, yep. James is you know, elusive
0: i, I only I, I only have my groceries delivered I, um, I wear um, a fake mustache and. <coughs> I go out since I have glasses.
1: When was the last time you left your apartment?
0: Oh, no, I'm joking. I leave all the time now. All right. But, but during the early days of the quarantine, I was always just in here.
1: I'm still very much locked up. I mean, yeah, this... we go to the, like, Roz just went to the grocery store, or I went to Home Depot yesterday, but there's not a whole lot of um, going out.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I gro- going to the grocery store or the butcher shop is my new, my new owl.
1: <laughs> yeah. And you're right. Like you can get your groceries delivered anyway.
0: Yeah. Which I, I just found a new, we were talking about, you know, some carnivore diet stuff before this, I have a, a butcher shop and it just kind of shows you, you gravitate towards the culture right on the website site. It's a big body butcher. And it says, uh, if your butcher can't deadlift a small cow, are they even a butcher? And I'm like, I'm going there. And Which it's, it's butcher great- shop is that? Uh, it's down on Central, so it's down like past Coles and Farmer's Boy. It, I, it's, I think, it's pretty, pretty new as of two thousand nineteen.
1: Wow, that's cool. Yeah, there needs, there needs to be more butcher shops.
0: Oh yeah, like he's, he's a uh, a uh, i believe he's a powerlifter. At least he looks like one. He doesn't look like a CrossFitter, you know, like you can just tell. And uh, he's talking about deadlifting on his his website and. They have the uh, the Wagyu beef and the Wagyu steaks. Oh yeah, uh, two hundred dollars a pound. So I was like, I'll pass. <laughs> <laughs>
1: can I do a sixteenth uh, of a pound, please? <laughs> yeah, One 32nd of a pound. <laughs>
0: yeah, it, I mean, I tried. I tried it in ground beef form, which was still expensive for half half a pound. But i was like, I want. I want, I want to try it. Can and you, can like, you if,
1: taste the difference?
0: It ta- it. It just tasted different. That's, that's all right. Yeah. But like, that's all I can say. It just tasted different, but I wasn't like, Whoa, I am totally going to be spending $200 a week on steaks. Like it wasn't like anything life changing
1: for me. Yeah, I I agree. I think most of the time people are doing it. They're doing it just because they can afford it. Not because they taste or appreciate even the difference.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, and it was cool hearing all about it, the process, how they make it. The cows get massaged every day so like the every single day the cow gets like a little shoulder rub all that stuff you know so i was telling joanna all about it i'm like there's a cow in japan up in the up in the mountains getting massages every day you know my shoulder kind of hurts right now that's
1: that's (laughs) what you're paying for you're paying for the cow masseuse when you buy it two hundred dollars a pound
0: exactly exactly uh so what else is going on jay what else is new with with life and projects
1: No, like we were saying, the book, you know, the audio book is out. I'm trying to come up with a new book where uh, Fern and I are just continuing to put out regular episodes of the best hour of their day. And as we were saying, Thunderbro is doing great. This, you know, the quarantine, the pandemic has been, I don't like to say good for business, but, you know, with more people exercising at home, you know, putting out training that can be done at home and, and is, is challenging, but also that works has, has been uh, pretty successful for us.
0: Well, now we, we talked all the way back at the beginning of the pandemic and, you know, we, we both had all these goals and projects to do and the world was still sorting itself out and it still is. What, what kind of things have you come out of this pandemic so far in terms of being better? Like, have you learned or gained any new skills? You know, um, I know you-
1: that's a great, deep question well first of all we adopted this guy
0: oh look at that
1: so so we got that out of this
0: so that that's uh, not a pug what what kind of dog is that
1: a french bulldog okay i like but,
0: i like his ears
1: but very reminiscent of the pugs i mean james you knew the pugs back in the yeah. day um yeah when when we decided to adopt him i was like okay you know he's a small dog but he's not like pugs and then I show up and I see him I was like he's a pug
0: yeah
1: I was like the only difference is his ears point up but uh yeah we adopted him he was all messed up his eyes were all messed up and a local uh, adoption clinic had him on a website I stumbled upon him and uh Ross surprised me for my birthday actually but um no I think that's kind of the challenge for me really during this quarantine has been with so much downtime I'm I stress myself out about wanting to do more um, you know, it's like I want to do this, and I want to do that. I think what I've worked on is just a lot of it is just inter intrapersonal, right? like inside me, like obviously, I've been training and we you know keeping track of my nutrition and staying dialed in, but trying to read more, trying to study more, trying to learn more, um, trying to even find time to just relax and and chill out. I think that for you know a lot of people may be going back to work and doing things where for me, I'm not really, so you kind of always feel like, well, I'm home, I've o- I've not really, I've been relaxed all day, but then you realize, no, there's a difference between I'm home and I'm like, no, this is time to chill out on the couch, I've, I've like I was telling you earlier. i would never seen any of the Marvel movies, for example, and I'm watching, I'm up to Thor, Ragnarok right now. It's a good so, one. You know, it's, it is a good one. So, catching up on just things that I'm like, Hey, I want to, I want to just relax and every night watch a little bit of it. Um, I never watched tiger King, which is, I feel accomplished by.
0: I, I watched it. Joanna was watching it. So I got pulled into it and I was like, all right, I have to see what happens next. Now I
1: watched, I watched one episode of it and I was like, no, I don't want to be this person. So it,
0: it, it doesn't grow you at all. You just, <laughs> exactly. you just realize that these people do exist And if you're lucky, you won't have to meet them.
1: No, that's as I was watching it, I was like, this is nothing, nothing productive will come from this. Um, So, uh, you know, trying to do things where I feel like, okay, when I'm done with this, I will feel like I've accomplished something. Done a lot, a lot of just reading um, in the middle of, for example, like reading the book about Hamilton now, the original like biography, like just trying to learn more.
0: Have you found it difficult to separate workspace from home and relaxation space? Because I feel like for a lot of people, all of a sudden, their work came crashing in through the front door with the pandemic. And I have a bunch of people that I work with where it's like, hey, did, did you work out? Oh, no, I've been doing all kinds of overtime. And I'm like, all right, well, is your job making you do all this extra work? No, I've, I, I've just been doing it. And I'm like, why? Why? Why, why are you not taking an hour to just spend it on yourself and work out and you're doing all this extra overtime and you're kind of going crazy, you know? So have you found it difficult to get that separation
1: at times? I I mean, I've primarily worked out of the house, you know, for the last five years. So it wasn't a huge shift for me or Roz, but there are definitely days where it'll be like five o'clock. I'm like, what happened? You know, now I have to go cram in a workout where... You'll wake up, you'll look at your calendar, be like, oh, I got plenty of time today. And then I think you just fill it with busy time. So I, I've, I've made it more of a, a, an effort. And I'll, one thing I've tried to do more of is just put everything in my calendar. For example, when you and I are done, it's workout time. Like non-negotiable, sh- computer's gonna get shut and I'm gonna go outside to the garage and work out. Yeah. So I think that's what I tell a lot of people that I've spoken to about, it's like, you need to, you, we, we put in like every appointment we have, except the ones with ourselves.
0: It's, uh, it's, it's super easy to neglect yourself, you know? I, I, don't, I don't know why, you know, I've never read about it or studied the science behind it on why that's such an easy thing to do, where you can be like, all right, well, my needs can go off to the side and I'll just do something else for, even if it's just like for your, your corporation, which like it almost didn't matter if that thing got done today, it could get done tomorrow morning, and you didn't get exercise or you didn't eat healthy.
1: Yeah, I think, and and for a lot of people, what they need to do for themselves is probably the hardest thing they have to do. You know, for you and I, exercise is part of our lives. We we understand it. We 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 make sure it happens regularly. Where for a lot of people, it's easier to drown yourself in work than go out for a five k run or to do 100 pull-ups or burpees or whatever the case is. So I think that's a lot of it too. It's like, well, I can make myself busy. I can feel like I've accomplished a lot and I'll work out tomorrow.
0: Yeah, there there is an endorphin rush, maybe for some, when you check things off of a little list. You know, like like I'll, before I go to bed, I make a to-do list and it's like, there's like 20 things on a to-do list, like all these little tasks, you know, text this person, uh, figure this out, post this, you know, like that. And it's uh, the goal or the game is to check it all off. And now what I've started to do is I put my training on that list. You know, it's like, like, uh, eat, eat lunch and go for a walk after lunch, just 10 minutes at the most. I know I'm going to go longer than that, but at a bare minimum, that's part of my lunch hour. Like it's not gonna take me an hour to cook and eat. So I have time to go for a walk. Then if everything went awry and I didn't get to the gym, at least I had some activity. Like it's just like layering, your, layering it all in.
1: Well, and you know, I think part of the, inherently what's wrong with that is there's no um, what's the word? There's no weight to it. You get just as much credit for checking off texting Jay as you do for walking for an hour. Yeah. So I'm going to do the easiest stuff first.
0: Yeah, you know, that's there, true.
1: I think it was Simon Sinek uh, who wrote "Start with Why." who you know talks about this and he says like for him it got to the point that when he would do something if it wasn't on his list he would add it just so he could check it off I
0: totally do that I totally like <laughs> I totally do that if something if something else random comes up like Joanna's, it's like hey can you go to the store and pick up some frozen vegetables I'll add it to my list I'll, sometimes I'll add it to the list and check it off after I've already done it
1: yeah that's what he said because you get that same dopamine or endorphin and I think you know, you asked me originally, like, what, what have I done? I think that type of stuff I've gotten a lot better at. Um, I think it was Eisenhower's matrix. I think you remember that where it's like important, non-important, urgent, not urgent.
0: I, I do remember that. I'm not sure you know? what, what it was called though.
1: I think it was, I think that's what it's called. Eisenhower's matrix. Um, and oftentimes we're, we're like checking off the fires, but they're unimportant and they're not urgent because they're simple and, and we're all guilty of it. Like I said, I want to write a new book. Well, okay, I'll, I'll open up the Word document or the Google doc, but let me check this. Maybe someone sent, sent me a Facebook message I can get back to or, you know, let me take Rocky out real quick because maybe he has to poop, you know? So you, you, we want to get to these easier tasks. And one thing I've tried to do is take those bigger tasks and chunk them down. Yeah. So, if you're writing a book, you know write one paragraph or write one sentence, which, like you said about your walk, is rarely just a ten minute walk that it never it's like once you take those first few steps, you can go for five miles, but unless you start, you won't you won't get anything done
0: yeah, you just have to it's almost like just putting it on there is the excuse and the motivation to get out the door. but then when the headphones are on, you know, I rock these all around town you know and, yeah, that's and, why you're getting
1: recognized there's, nothing yeah. to do with the, there's that weirdo with the big headphones
0: yeah i, I you know <laughs> i decided everyone's going with like whatever the buds and whatnot that's i'm what going gotten, yeah. i'm going retro i'm going old school this is what i used to wear back in the day so i'm going back to it but you know i, you know,
1: I have mine still because these bother your ears after a while
0: well i i can't get that kind of stuff to fit in my ear they always fall out i don't know maybe i have small ear hole for earbuds or something. So I need, <laughs> I need something like this, but you know, I just, uh, you, you get in the zone. So you just have to do something that gets you into zone. And, you know, I have things that I procrastinate on and I go through my whole list of little tasks. And I, what I've found recently, that's been helping is, uh, sitting outside. So, uh, being inside for whatever reason, in my office, in the living room, definitely if I'm in the living room and something's on the TV, it just, it's just too distracting anymore. You know, It used to be I could do it here, but after being stuck here since March, it's, uh, it's, it's too familiar or it's too distracting. The, the smallest little thing is distracting. So going outside and sitting you know, at a table outside and putting on the headphones and listening to some music, I find I'm, I'm so tunnel visioned on the more important task versus when I'm inside, I just can't bring myself to do the big, really important task.
1: And I think that's just a change of your scenery. That helps too. You know, it's, it's hard to find the motivation for every activity you do in life in the same room. Yeah. You know, work, relaxation, working out, you know, what podcasting. So just, just the change of scenery probably sparks and, and good time to be outside. Right. It's they're saying vitamin D is good for fighting COVID. So we probably need more of it anyway.
0: Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, i would be. Been- getting some color out there, you know. I don't supplement with, with vitamin D or anything like that, but I do have it, you know, when I'm a vampire during the fall months. You got but it. You got, in,
1: in Albany, you have to.
0: Definitely, but now I'm out You're gonna there You're going to have to start time.
1: putting some lotion on your head, though, with that new haircut.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't think about that. See, the, the, prob- <laughs> the problem is I'll lotion my forehead and the top of my head, and I'll be on my walk, and then it starts to come down, and then my uh... eyes... Some my eyes are burning eyes
1: Yeah, it's one of the worst feelings but you're gonna have a weird tan line too with the headset across the top of your head
0: yeah I didn't think about that either <laughs> it's a good thing it's a good thing no one no one's looking up there you know? I'll just have to move it forward and back you know like I was thinking about it too if I wear it like you're supposed to it see now it feels weird it's like a hat you can't wear a hat a certain way but if I tilt it back now it's kind of like that's I feel like that's how it should be
1: yeah it, looks, it definitely looks more cool that way cooler
0: yeah. You're just trying to make me feel
1: good about it. Right now, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so let's, what's,
0: what's on the uh, agenda in terms of coaching for you? I mean, are the gyms still locked down out there? Are you doing remote coaching with Thunderbro? Are you going to be doing seminars soon?
1: Yeah. I mean, really I've done no in- interactive coaching face-to-face. You know, we do a lot of coaching with Thunderbro nutrition coaching. We do, you know, uh, virtual coaching for the, some of the challenges we have, but gyms are basically shut down. And before the shutdown, I wasn't really at a gym out here and we just relocated. So I do want to find a, find the local box again, but you know, Roz and I have to feel comfortable as well going there, but I do want to do that. I miss coaching. Um, I've not worked a level one since right, but I worked probably the weekend before everything went down. So I, it's been a long time. I'm, Definitely going to be rusty, but I'm, you know, I, I want to do it, but at the same time, the it's, you know, the, the cases are skyrocketing. I want to keep myself and Roz safe too.
0: Yeah. so it's so In the rest of the country, in New York, it's, it's kind of okay. I don't think. We're yeah. Stuck. It's
1: funny because you guys were so bad for so long and now you're one of the best States out there. I mean, Florida, where I came from is, I mean, Disney world open, which is a little crazy. I, and I get it. Like, I think I've, you know, I've changed my stance a little bit. I think businesses should be allowed to be open and, you know, really should be up to the individual, whether they want to patronize it or not. You know, if you want to open the gym, I think you should be putting in some good protocols, distancing, you know, wiping down equipment more. But if I'm worried about catching it or I'm, you know, uh, immunocompromised or elderly, I shouldn't go.
0: Yeah. It's, um, Give people the choice and give businesses the opportunity to show they can be responsible. You mentioned that you and Ross need to feel comfortable going to a gym. What What are your standards now, given all this? When you, if there's three boxes in your town side by side, when you go into each one, who's going to win you out in terms of handling the pandemic?
1: Honestly, I don't know. I've not thought about it. You know, in our old apartment, we had a little gym in the amenities. It was probably less than 800 squares, probably about five, 600 square feet. And at, at its busiest, there might've been three or four other people working out in there and I felt fine. And and I'm, we weren't wearing masks. And once in a while somebody was, but I mean, I wasn't, even though I don't want to catch it or spread it, I was like, I'm exercising, I would, you know, we would socially distance, but I don't know what it would be like at a CrossFit gym because we weren't breathing super heavy at these, you know, it was like, I was doing mostly bodybuilding type stuff. You know, there certainly were no high fives really weren't even sweating. It was like room temperature. I think if I went to a gym and I was like, okay, I want to get back to a box right now. I don't know what would, I truly don't know what would make me feel comfortable.
0: I feel like gone are the days. Like, I mean, Glassman said it, you know, show me your bathroom and I'll show you how much you care. But I even after that, before the pandemic, I would visit some CrossFit gyms and you go into the bathroom and you're like, I I, I guess I'll put the toilet paper in the roll thing. <laughs> you know, it's like, so it's like, I think gone are the days that you can have, that you cannot have an immaculate bathroom. I think, I think if, if it smells or if it's at all gross, that's going to be reflective of your entire facility.
1: That, that, that'd probably be it. You'd walk in and you would look at how clean it looks and you would probably whoever greeted you first base it on like, Hey, did they give me space or did they get up in my, you know, did they get really close to me?
0: Are they a close talker?
1: Yeah. And I would say if I were approaching, I would want the owner and coach probably to be wearing a mask. Like I'd say, Hey, if we're working out and you don't want to wear a mask, I get it, but wear a mask. Otherwise, um, you know, I don't want to get all political on this show here no i I think
0: it's um it's it's very reasonable to ask staff to wear a mask you know if you're coaching like i know like if you're yelling at someone you're sending projectiles you know
1: yeah so like
0: it's better to have less people doing that
1: yeah just the more people that are protected the better maybe even like hey during the warm-up you wear a mask take it off during the metcon. take it off you know it's not no one enjoys wearing a mask i don't like i said when i went to the gym i wouldn't wear it when i'm outside i don't wear it but as soon as i go into a store or a public place, I throw it on. Yeah. And I mean, and I think I don't follow the news closely enough, but it feels like they're showing like that really is what's working to prevent spreading it.
0: Yeah. I, um, I saw some diagram that kind of showed like all these Petri dishes and it showed like wearing a mask and you spoke at the Petri dish and it was relatively clear, not wearing a mask. And it has all this overgrowth all over it, just in general, you know, cause you don't realize how many things, are being spread around. I I know one thing that I think is a good thing to come out of this pandemic is the barriers between people working a register and customers. Having worked in retail before, you get anyone and everyone coming through your line, whether they be deathly ill, showered, elderly, young, close talker, even though you're on the other side of the register, you'd be surprised, Jay, how many people will lean over to talk closer to you when you're trying to ring them out for stuff, you know?
1: Or what about at Chipotle where they have the thing and I've seen people like reach over it to point at the meat. And I'm yeah. like, I'm in line, I'm like, dude, like how do you not know better than that? How do you have zero social etiquette?
0: Yeah, and I think buffets are, must be a thing of the past now. Like those are gonna be things in the history books for like, well, what are buffets? Like your children will ask you, what's a buffet? And you're like, Oh, that was
1: as much as you wanted. I think they'll have buffets, but like the kind where you order, you have unlimited ordering. Yeah. It's not going to be where you go to whole foods and they have the hot bar or you go to a Chinese buffet and you can just load up on something, but they'll have maybe, um, you know, some of this Remember, like sushi X where you can order multiple times. I love like that.
0: sushi x. Joanna hates sushi x.
1: Oh, I love it. The best. Roz and I were in Vegas last year, and it was that type of sushi where it was like top notch sushi, but all you can eat. Like I hope those are still around. I would go back to Vegas for that.
0: Did um did they have the, the rule where if you order too much, yeah, you have, yeah, to pay you have
1: to, it? yeah, but you can order as much as you wanted over time. So you just order a little bit at a time. We were there for. I remember being so full. After, yeah. you know, two hours. Of I don't know what they'll do for a Brazilian steakhouse. That's kind of an yeah. interesting middle uh, ground.
0: They're open. Actually, I called them. So I, I go there enough where I call them just to check in.
1: It's like, hey, are <laughs> you, you guys open? Line?
0: Yeah, I called them and they said um, uh, the salad bar buffet style thing is closed. You just have a sheet and you tell them just like sushi style, yeah, like, like, hey, bring me more croutons or whatever. But the caballeros still walk around with the meat. Even that's
1: like, yeah, people are breathing on it.
0: Yeah. And then you get people who, you know, I I have the flu, but it's my birthday. I'm going out anyways. You know, I I refuse to take this year off. You know, those are the people that get everyone else sick.
1: And I mean, I used to get so mad. I'm sure you still see it when the gym is open, people that are Nothing would drive me crazier than when sick people would show up to work out. And I get it. When I'm sick, I like to work out, but I do it at home.
0: Yeah, that's, um, they're, or they're like, uh, well, I had the flu, but as of yesterday, I'm no longer contagious. You know, right. on, 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 the, on Google, it says, you're not contagious until seven days after. And I'm like, I will find you five different articles that say different. And even all of those articles, how does anyone really know? how do I know that the way the flu interacts with Jason Ackerman doesn't keep it more contagious for two weeks versus for me, it's one day. Like no one who really, really knows for all people and all strains. So it's like, just stay home. And why are you you talking so close to me right now when you (laughs) just had the flu?
1: Hopefully that's something that and handshakes. I'm cool with being gone.
0: Yeah. We can
1: do fist bumps, we can do elbows, but handshakes are obsolete and people realizing okay when i'm not feeling well i need to stay home
0: i think um that reminds me of uh what was it uh one of those um martin lawrence movies where he's like he's the cop and he there's the diamond that's in the police station
1: and he he
0: sees the one guy with the lotion rubbing it on himself and he didn't wash his hands and then they meet because he comes back out and he's like i don't shake hands yeah like you never know what, what people are doing so It's better to be safe about it.
1: The days of shaking hands are over.
0: What uh, I I have noticed, you know, I've been doing a little bit of personal training in person and, you know, there's just no comparison to zoom versus in person, you know, like, like I, I, I knew I would be rusty, but it's like, I feel totally weird standing here right now in front of a live person and trying to maneuver around, especially with the restrictions. Like I have my client in a box so it's like, I have a, a a measured out box. I'm like, you stand in there, I stand out here and I've got my mask on and I'm demoing things outside of the box. But like stopping yourself from going in and using tactile cues is really hard when you're just very used to doing it. Like like my hand, I'm like, it's like in Ricky Bobby. I'm like, I don't know what to do with my hands.
1: <laughs> it's, it's true. Yesterday I went to Home Depot and I was gone for like two hours and Roz was like, what were you doing? I was like, I think I just started talking to the guy. Like I'm so used to, only talking to Roz in person or everybody else virtually that I was like, I think I just enjoyed talking to another human being.
0: Like I I need a friend.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He's my buddy. We're building a bunch of tools. You'd be impressed by what I can do now.
0: (laughs) What would, what type of things do you plan on doing other than like, you know, just practicing the skill to shake off the rust of coaching. It's an unprecedented thing unless like you purposely took time off.
1: Yeah. I think, it'll be just, I probably need a couple, a couple runs at it. I mean, I probably obviously for seminars, I'll practice my lectures and remembering everything. But when it comes to coaching a class, I think I just need to cut like one or two. It'll come back quickly, but I just need to, you know, brush off the dust and get at it. It's
0: probably just like with starting up CrossFit again, like, you know, you, you took a, a couple months off or you traveled the world, something happened, who knows, you get back in the gym and you got to scale things back and things are going to be tough again.
1: Yeah. And for someone I've been doing it a very long time, if I were new, a newer coach, it would take longer. And I, and like I said, I'll be rusty, but it, it'll, I'll shake off the cobwebs pretty quickly.
0: Maybe it's just, um, bring back the extra caring.
1: Hide it all with presence and attitude.
0: <laughs> there you go. Awesome. Well, Jay, it's been great catching up with you. Talking yes, about all, you, all kinds of things going on in the world here.
1: We we I think we ran from from Star Wars to the pandemic and everything in between.
0: Yeah, almost everything. Everything appropriate in between. So
1: exactly, exactly.
0: Well, can you hear that snoring? I is that that's the dog? That's Rocky, yeah. Wow. <laughs> that's a lot. He's a loud snorer. He well, Jay, is a loud snorer. Where where can people follow all of your projects? Uh, what places do you want people to check out?
1: I think everything's just on social media. My Instagram is the Jason Ackerman and my website is the same thing. And then if you just Google, if you go on Amazon and you want to check out the book in any of those formats, just look up best hour of their day. And I believe they have the ebook, the paperback and the audio version all in the same spot.
0: Awesome. Well, definitely check that out. Check out best hour of their day. Jason Ackerman on Instagram. Make sure you follow the Barbell Strikes Back on Instagram. Follow me, James A. McDermott. Head on over to iTunes and Apple Podcasts, give the show a five-star rating and leave a positive review. And thank you so much for listening. Jay, thanks for coming on again. Thank you, James.